Hey listeners, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations, where we believe that everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. We invite guests from various backgrounds to share with you what makes them unique. Our hope is that you and I can learn and grow together. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Malcolm Wellington. Malcolm has been on quite a journey and I'm excited to hear the stories he has to share today. He helps people uh, create more happiness, success, and meaning in all aspects of their lives. So Malcolm, thank you for coming on today. I'm excited to hear the stories, but I want to kind of ask this. What got you into Mm -hmm. mindset training, personal development, and all kind of that stuff that, like, what kind of got you down that path at the beginning? It was a long journey, but basically, for many decades, I lived the, like, version one of me. Then I went through two major traumas in my life. And as a result of um, that, plus the fact that I just heard something on a TV program that was resonated with me um, on the personal level was to do with uh, counselling. And the guy who was and it was the Oprah show, actually, because it's not normally a program that I watch. This is going back to the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And I was home recovering from a brain tumour that uh, you can see, still see my facial palsy. That was the result of the operation. So I heard this conversation between Oprah, and I think it was actually Dr. Phil, and it he was counseling someone, and there was something in the story that I thought, oh, my gosh, that's interesting. That sounds like me. Hmm. And then it all went from there. So 25 years or so later, I'm, my journey is still evolving. Um, but that was kind of the little moment, the breadcrumb moment. That got you started and stuff? That got me on it to pivot to a, to a different direction. So, for example, this is, we're talking 1990, late 90s, maybe 97. Okay. But just to give you an example of how my mindset changed, within three, three years, I quit my job after 26 years. Wow. And that was after I got through rehabilitation. And I moved to Canada. After I quit my job, I went to study psychology because I wanted at that time to be a counsellor, not a coach. And then when I graduated, I pretty much went, I had an opportunity. You can go to Canada because my father was Canadian. So I was able to get through the door, and I'm in Vancouver, Canada, in July 2000. So that was a mindset shift that pivoted me into a completely new journey. Gotcha. So it was kind of like going from like a completely new country and just kind of uh, shifting to kind of the the way they thought there, or just. What do you mean by like pivot and like kind of walk me through that? Well, pivot from who I was. So I was this 
uh, at the time, 40-something 40, 40 guy who'd been in a, uh, who was now divorced after 20 years of marriage, had two grown kids, um, and uh, been in the same job for a long time. But going through those two events, one was the end of my marriage after 20 years, mm-hmm. and then three years later, to be diagnosed with a life-threatening brain tumour, and my journey through that nightmare, there was no way I was going to be the same person that they'd be. So that, that pivotal point when I realised, so I go back to work and then it's like, oh, my God, I felt like I was in prison. I need to escape now. You know, I didn't enjoy the job before. It was the means to a paycheck. So the first thing I told myself was, I've been through too much. I've been through too much to now tolerate this job for another month. So I've been studying psychology in the evening for part-time for a few months, and I went all in. I thought, I'm going to be a counsellor. I'm going to quit my job. So I did. That's amazing. Uh, it, sounds, it sounds simple and dramatic, but um, for anyone who's listening to this, I want to emphasize at this point that whatever point you are in your life at the moment, you don't need to have this, you know, drama to change your mindset. Hmm. I, I had I, maybe I needed that. That was the universe's way of making me pay attention. First with the end of my marriage, which didn't quite get my attention, and then with the life-threatening illness that got my attention. I and then you know by accident, and now I believe because I'm more spiritual, and because of personal experience, there are no accidents. So I happened to watch that program I wouldn't normally watch daytime TV in the UK, and that began this journey. So it sounds dramatic, and it was, but you don't need to have that to make that shift. Gotcha. That makes sense. No, that that makes a ton of sense. And so this is kind of a question I'm thinking of right now, and that's, I think a lot of people, right, They, especially kids like my age and stuff, they're like graduating or they're in school right now, they're kind of like, there's a lot of hard things they're facing right now. You've experienced so many hard things. Mm-hmm. I have to ask this. And it's, how did you work through those problems and really just, you know, get through hard things? Because I think hard things are going to happen regardless of who or like yeah. what happens. So how would you help people work through those hard things? So, yeah, and I agree with you, Josh, that right now it's very, very challenging times but not just young people, but, you know, particularly young people because they're just starting out, but people in midlife or whatever. It's very challenging times. Now, in terms of how I dealt with that, and I'd learned at a young age that I think this lesson, which really worked for me, actually, there's no one there for me. My parents are not, you know, kind of there for me and, they're always judging me or whatever. Um, I've learned to become, I, I realized two things. You can either be 
life sucks and then you die and take that victim mentality, oh, this problem, whatever. Or you can take the, I'm going to solve this. So you're going to, I'm going to get through this. So whatever the challenge was, I didn't like it. So I wanted to dig myself out of the problem. So maybe the problems were small, uh, and then I had, like we all do, bigger problems. And having that, I don't want to be a victim, right? I, I did not want to be have that victim. There's nothing I can do. Grumble, complain. I always had that within me that I need to dig myself out of this. And I, because I got, the more I did it, like anything, I got better at doing it. And then when those ultimate problem, you know, huge challenges for me, basically within three years of one another back to back, all that went before led me to that mindset again that I want to dig myself out of this, mm-hmm. right? Um, i get one, one example. Um, after the operation to remove the brain tumor that was three, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. Literally, I'm like a baby again. And I wanted my life back. I didn't want to be not walking. There was nothing in my mindset oh, from the doctors that said, or they even never told me this, that you'd have a problem with walking after the operation. So it, the mind went straight to, I'm going to learn to walk again. I'm going to get my life back. Mm-hmm. And that was my driver. That was driving the bus of who I was. Because there's no way I'm going to be, you know, immobile. Mm-hmm. And I could, I wasn't allowed to drive because of my condition. So basically, that was it. I want my life back. I want to solve this problem. I can do it. I can't rely on others to do it for me because I'd never had mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. No, that's, oh my gosh, that's inspiring too. And this is something that's actually on my mind right now. I'm, I'm really big with like how you define words type of thing. So kind of when, as you were describing that, I come to this thought process of there's being scared and then there's being fearful, right? And being scared, that's, I think that's a completely normal thing. I'm, I guarantee you were probably scared at moments. I'm scared at moments type of thing. But we didn't oh, let that stop us, right? We, we didn't let that stop us. And you're like, you yeah. know what? Let's take that step forward. Let's see what happens, right? Because ultimately, we never know what's going to happen. But then there's being fearful. Yeah. And being fearful, like what you said, it immobilizes you. It's like, oh my gosh, like you freeze up and you start to regress back into those pa- old patterns, those old habits of like, oh, I'm just going to kind of I'm not going to do this or I'm going to hide. I'm going to be the victim here. Like, oh, it's not my fault type of thing. Like they don't take charge of their life. So that's, I mean, that's kind of my thought process there. I think a lot of people like they view being scared and fear like as the same thing. When I think, no, we need to separate the two, right? Being scared is completely normal. It's what you do about it that ultimately matters. And that's kind of what I think matters. I, I agree 100%. That's a great point. That It's it's like you feel the fear, and I, I still get nervous. I'm afraid. But when my desire 
is greater than the fear, I do it anyway because I think, okay, I, if I want to, for example, there was a not so long ago, I wouldn't be on video because, you know, being judged, right? Mm -hmm. And especially now with the palsy. Um, but I've done that even though I was afraid and now I can do it and not feel, there's a little bit, but nowhere near what it was. So, yeah, that, that book, isn't it? There's Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, because if you don't, you get stuck immobile where you are. You're never going to move the needle to get what you want because you're letting fear rule you. And unfortunately, right now, in, 20, in August 2022, we have this huge fear issue from, you know, whatever you believe, but it's, it's be afraid, you know, the solution is this or whatever. But, the, but it's that fear that is immobilizing so many people and they're looking for someone to save them, whether that's the government or whoever. But guess what? Unfortunately, no one's coming to save you, whether you're Republican or Democrat or whatever you are, no one is coming to save you. I, I agree there. I think a lot of people don't realize, like, because we're, as human beings, we're pretty natural in the sense of, like, we like to gather towards people that agree, like, and, and have the same ideas, same yeah. ways of living as we do type of thing. So then all of a sudden, right, invention yeah. of the internet comes around, and you start seeing other people living a life that doesn't necessarily like agree with your way of life and you're like what the crap like why are they doing it and they're so concerned about other people that they don't even try and improve themselves they don't actually try and take a step back and say all right what can i do to actually improve myself and then you naturally i mean I, this is kind of what i found you find that you put yourself like people naturally just come to you and say hey like, what's your thoughts on this type of thing? Or, hey, what, if you were in this situation, what, what type of advice would you give me type of thing? And that's when ideas start bouncing off each other and you can actually start compromising is kind of what I think happens. And I, I totally agree. I think we need to get out of that, like, mentality of, hey, no one's, no one's coming to save you type of thing, right? No, one, no one's coming to help you out. You need to take control of your own life. One piece of advice that I would give to, you know, particularly young people just starting out, um, but for everybody, um, become the leader of your own life. It takes work, it takes courage, but oh my God, you know, I've done that and it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Doesn't mean I've got all my SHIT together, but... You know, I've come a long ways and I can, you know, if I were, that was my 20-year-old self, I didn't know any better. Now I know better. Exactly. No. Doing better, right? Yeah, I, I think you're right. And this is kind of like this theory, I guess you could say, that I'm kind of developing in my mind. I think, because I, I, I still think we need people type of thing, right? We need people in this world, right? No, no. It, just to be happy, right, and fulfilled type of thing. It's something we need. But at the same time, in order to have like successful relationships with other people, whether it's you and 
a spouse, you and a friend, you and your government, right? You and whoever, if you want to have a successful relationship with them, I think one, it has to be built on trust. You have to trust each other. And then there has to be respect, accountability, and then patience, right? You got to be patient with each other and then accountable. I think, and that's kind of something you're kind of touching on right now. You have to be accountable for yourself and come to terms with reality. Like, Hey, I need to change some things in my life. And like, I need to step up type of thing. If I want to improve my relationships with whoever, right? Like I need to improve this or maybe, I mean, this is kind of the sad truth, but sometimes the other people, they need to be more accountable as well. And you just got to move on from that. But yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts. How, cause I think oftentimes, especially, I mean, as we're talking here through a screen, right? A lot of people, they develop friends online and stuff. They don't really have that like face to face or like real life friendship. What What's your kind of process? Would you say just simply making friends? What would be your process of doing that? So the clear change for me was when I was the shy introvert person who didn't value himself, I would never approach other people. But now I just, if I'm sitting next to someone, I'll make conversation. How are you today? Are you visiting or you live here? And just begin that, just be sociable, right? No, I think that's, I mean, that's great. I think that's, but I guess the question I'm kind of getting at is how do we kind of take that step away from, because I think a lot of people, especially are so absorbed in social media, right? That how did he actually get them out to make, I I consider it like there's online friends and then there's real friends type thing that actually are there when you're just completely alone stuff. How, how do you kind of shift them to make more real friends? Since I've um, begun the work on myself and value myself more, I have more confidence, I take more risks, I show up more, and I can be both strong and I can be vulnerable. So I can, growing up as a uh, a kid in the UK, it was big boy, big boys don't cry, and grow up and be a man, and uh, kids should be seen and not heard. So you learn to feel there's something wrong with you. So if there's something wrong with me, you have to hide because you can't be visible because people will see there's something wrong with you or you have to hide behind a mask of trying to be like being the good guy, the nice, nice guy. To be real, to be authentic, to be vulnerable, and to show your strength, all of those things, guys especially, and I believe even now, but certainly when I grew up, that a man doesn't show any sign of weakness or vulnerability because a real man just likes beer, babes, and sport, and he doesn't get it show emotions or he's upset. So men particularly, applies to women, but men don't have real connections because they just don't know how to connect. So since, ironically, I've got more friends now and get more respect for showing my vulnerability um, that I haven't got all my life perfect altogether, 
or I still struggle. I'm just like you. I'm nothing special. I'm a regular guy. I still have, but I, I share it now. I share it. And people love. They're crying out for connection, authentic, real conversations. And if I go first, then maybe that guy or someone else can share with me their pain. And they love it, mm-hmm. you know. And as a guy and who likes women, even now at my age, right, women love it because they are so fed up with inauthenticity, you know, all the superficial stuff. So just mm-hmm. be real, be authentic, be. But you've got to value yourself. You can't do, and have a certain amount of confidence in and not come from that mindset of that inner critic, right? You know that voice that always tells you, Josh or Malcolm, you're not measuring up. You know, that thing that keeps telling you what you don't do right. You need to get that voice to say, you know, to change the record because it's like a record. It's like a virus in your head that constantly tells you where you don't measure up. Hmm. No, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people try to be like perfect type of thing, right? That's that voice in their head, right? Everyone wants to be perfect, nice guy, awesome. The world looks at them and they're like, oh my gosh, you're awesome type of thing. But right, the reality is, is right. We're not something special. We're not something crazy, right? We're just, we're the same person. But that's the thing. We all have our unique traits, right? I will not dispute Mm -hmm. that. But that's kind of actually a mindset I've used going into like, so I actually use like, I, I, I run kind of another business. I do this for fun. Just letting you know, I, this podcasting is just fun to me, mm-hmm. but I also have a business that I run on the side and I found that just kind of jumping into it, taking, taking the risk. You, you never know where it's going to take you. And something that I found is I'll, I look at some of those people that everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're amazing and stuff. I'm like, they're just a dude too, right? They're just another person in this planet, right? And that means I can, if I wanted to, right, I can compete with them and if I wanted to beat them at their own game or whatever type of thing. But that's not Mm -hmm. the point, right? The point is, is we're all the same. We're all human beings. And at the end of the day, right, if you just recognize that everyone's a dude, everyone's trying their best, then I think you're you're on a path for success and that's that's just something i want to kind of add there but so you you've mentioned confidence and i think a lot of kids my age they they struggle to develop kind of that self confidence right you've kind of talked about you just need to have mm-hmm. it type of thing but how do you develop it cuz i don't think it's just something you wake up with one day and are like oh i'm confident in this how do you kind of develop that and become more confident it's a it's a basically a process when we grow up when we're small children we learn we because we're not born with a lack of confidence gene right no one's born when we're young we're you know we're confident we're outgoing we're playful we imagine what we want to be when we grow up, a mm-hmm. fireman or, or whatever. And, but I'll use my example. 
When you get judgment and criticism, rather than support and encouragement and love, if you've got support, encouragement and love, you grow up usually with more confidence. So it's learned. Like I learned that I'm not good enough, but what, so you get that belief that creates your world. You can't be confident, you know, so you create the world that conforms to that belief. Yeah, you know, she left me or I get rejected. Or, so how do you change it? Because you can change it. Because what you learn, you can unlearn. And the, the two things, the one, first thing I would say is to know yourself. Who are you? And when I say that, I don't mean I'm Malcolm from Vancouver or whatever. I mean, what makes me tick? Why am I like that? I'm, I'm reading. You need to, you know, maybe personal growth, self-development books. on could be confidence, you know, get a book on, on that. And start understanding where this came from. Because it's only a, a belief. It's a story about what you believe about you. So you can check. So if you're in, we're all in the movie of our lives. So at the end of the movie, wouldn't you rather be the star of that movie who is confident? Yeah, you're scared still, but you've gone through that process of changing that story. Right? We all start, you know, the story, act one, the pivotal moment, scene two, the ending. Right? So my start was self-worth in the toilet. Pivotal, the change points was when, you know, I, I in midlife I had the trauma of the marriage ending and the health health crisis. And then through all the self-discovery on learning, learn, I actually, when I went to study to be a counsellor, I learned a lot of why I was like I was. And then I got more interested. This is amazing. You know, now I know. It was like I came to a point. Now I get it. I get why I'm so critical of me because I'd embraced that criticism from my father particularly, took it on as, yeah, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. But now I've written a different ending to my story. So now when I'm helping my coaching clients, I help them create their happy ending or different, you know, mindset, story, belief, if that makes sense. I, I love that. No, that, that makes sense. I actually, I follow a lot of that. I think it, it, it's a journey. It's a process. And yeah, right. Those difficult moments are the defining ones where you actually make the changes, like you said. And, but this is, I'm going to use this as the intelligent question of the day. I think the first question that you need to ask yourself, regardless of where you want to go, right, in your life, mm -hmm. is what do you want, right? What, yeah. like, the, and I think you even mentioned that at the beginning, when the desire is greater than the fear, then you actually 
you push past that fear, you're actually willing to act. I think a lot of people just don't know what they want is one thing. And two, they just don't care either, right? There's just apathy. So how do you help someone find what they, what it is they want and what it is that they want to get out of life? Be the change, you know, so that Gandhi thing, be the change, the role model for what you want to emulate to the, whether it's your family member, your friend, your client, show mm-hmm. up as you and model the, the behavior, the thoughts, what you do and everything so that they know this guy who is just like them, who had their challenges or whatever, or didn't believe they were good enough, it's possible. So when you use the word apathy, that they, they you use the you said first of all two things. One, they don't know. I agree with that. But the apathy one is I think it's not so much they do want to change. They do realize something in my life isn't working. There must be more to life than this, or whatever it is, and that could be a health challenge, um, a relationship issue, a career issue. And I would, if I was just talking to them as a friend or as a father, i just share my journey and what I did that took me a couple of decades to, to go through the challenges and the, the successes and the losses. So I've been on a journey of over 20 years but I've learned what worked for me. What did I do that worked for me? And then help them do more of that. And what didn't work for me, help them do less of that by explaining my, my journey. That is, that is the intelligent answer to the day. That is, um, I think, and I, I like how you mentioned that it took you time too. I think yeah. some people want things so now, right? The instant, I'm like, yeah. To build something worthwhile, it takes time, right? It takes time to develop something worthwhile. But Malcolm, thank you. Thank you for coming on today. And if I know you mentioned you you coach uh, people like about mm-hmm. life and stuff, yeah. what's the best way they can reach out to you, get a hold of you if they want to do that? So right now I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. I'm still trying to get my website completed, but right now you can um, reach me via Facebook or LinkedIn. And, um, you know, I'm, I really value my journey and what I've achieved, and I want to pay it forward now. So, you know, if anyone wants to contact me, just, you know, I'm not selling anything. I'm just initially would help to try and help them and support them to formulate a plan so uh, how they can begin to change and become the leader of their life. And if they want to work with me down the road, that's great. If not, then um, whatever I can do to support people is my mission now. It's my destiny. That's what I want to pay it forward because I know the pain I know the pain and the challenges of being that version one of me. And, um, yeah, I want to share 
and support that mindset because when people hurt people, hurt people, right? So when, you know, they don't intentionally, but it's when you value yourself. Doesn't mean you're a pushover. You still stand up for your rights, but you value yourself first. Again, be the change you want to see. Model that and help others to value themselves. Amazing. That's thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I challenge people to reach out to you. That that's awesome that you're making that your life mission. So thank you. Thank you for coming on today. I've really enjoyed what you've shared with us today. No, I enjoyed it. So everyone, as you can tell, that is Malcolm Wellington, very intelligent person has great things to say. I challenge you guys to reach out to him if you liked anything you guys heard today. Stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.